0: Hello everyone. So my name is Alistair Wheat. I head up the consultancy team here at Analytica. We are an influencer marketing specialist. We provide a a range of software solutions but also provide consultancy and advice to clients to help them plan their influencer engagement strategies. So today I'm going to be talking about the four reasons that brands engage with influencers and as part of that I'm going to try and present uh, what I hope is going to be a helpful framework uh, for, for all of you listening to think about how to engage with influencers, um, what, what's in it for the influencer and also what's in it for you as the brand and how to find a, a mutually beneficial relationship. Now one of the challenges when talking about influencer marketing and about influencers generally is that it means lots of different things to different people. Uh, we work with a whole range of clients, uh, B2C, B2B, uh, small companies, large companies, agencies, and we get to deal with all sorts of different types of influencer activity. Um, so, it's just a rhetorical question for you listening on the, on the on the webinar now: is what do you think of when you hear the phrase influencer marketing? Now, I've, I've in conferences and sometimes in you know, polls and surveys on this and got quite a wide variety of answers back from people. But quite often I know a lot of people will generally think of this sort of activity. Uh, when they hear the word influencer marketing they'll think of celebrities, um, maybe people like uh, PewDiePie, uh, the Kardashians, or, or the, the, the Fire Festival, um, and people being paid to, to post something and going out to millions of followers, or it could be about micro-influencers. And yes, that, that I suppose, is one aspect of influence marketing, but it can also be talked about in various other contexts as well. And so often when we are talk, talking about it, um, it can mean. Uh, sorry, uh, there we go. Um, it can mean that people are trying to promote a product, they're trying to uh, boost a campaign, or they're they're, they're trying to generate media coverage or trying to amplify content. And, and yes, you know, people will do influence marketing for all of those reasons, but it's uh, it doesn't necessarily, you know, uh, that, that that's not necessarily something that can only be done by influence marketing. There are other ways in which people can do that sort of activity, and influencer marketing then can mean. Um, a number of different things. Uh, so people will talk about it really uh, in a sense of influencer advertising. It's an alternative to traditional paid advertising or it can be influencer relations which is maybe uh, an evolution of public relations, what uh, you know, P- PR media relations teams have been doing for years um, or it, uh, people also use the term influence marketing so they drop the R and that's more just about sort of general um, influence but beyond just um, individuals. Influencer Advocacy is another term that's used, so it's about building up authentic uh, advocates for your brand. Those could be customers, those could be, could be employees, and we often, you know, we use the term ourselves, influencer relationship management, to describe the, the activity of managing a relationship with an influencer. So. It's a bit confusing. There's all these different terms, lots of different things that people will, will think about when they're talking about influencer marketing. Um, so just today I'm using the term influencer marketing as a kind of an umbrella term to kind of encapsulate all of those different types of activities. And then I'm going to talk about uh, some specific um, ways in which brands engage with influencers. Uh, the other challenge we've got as well is, you know, what do we mean by influencer? And yes, you know, celebrities are influencers, you've got the sort of the mini-celebrities as well, but in our line of work, we are dealing with a whole range of influencers, and so that could be a a government, um, a, beta, a B2G uh, campaign and the influencers are actually politicians, sometimes it could be you know, world leaders and they're looking to track them, find out what they're doing by analyzing their social media behavior and, and their connections online it could be their business leaders, could be that they're professionals, it could be parenting bloggers, there's a whole range of different types of influencers and the other big change we're seeing is that there's a wide variety of teams within a business that are actually uh, doing influencer engagement. So uh, we'll see sometimes this as, as an example of a, uh, an internal uh, influencer engagement uh, framework. So you'll have the marketing team doing engagement with a bunch of uh, influencers, you might have the comms and PR team then focusing on journalists as part of an influencer strategy, sales maybe picking up on um, targeted account based marketing, uh, doing social selling and, and there's others doing the sort of thing as well. So just to move on then, what we are looking at is a whole load of different um, types of influencers, a whole load of different internal functions that are involved in engaging with influencers, and there are lots of different types of activities. So what what I'm gonna try and go through today is four broad categories where brands actually look to work work with influencers. And the first one of those is audience. So this is where the influencer has a large audience. um, And again, large is gonna be Contextual. So, in the B2C space, you may say an influencer is only someone with over 100,000 followers, or it could even be that you know you only look at people who've got more than a million followers. Whereas in the B2B space, you may be saying this is someone, you know, an influencer is someone who's got more than 10,000 followers, or it could be in some other niche areas. And, and this, uh, this is true for some work, the work we're doing. An influencer's maybe only got a thousand followers or even less. So we work on a number of developer relations programs where. We're helping some of our tech clients build relationships with software developers and sometimes in a very specialised software development. And so we're helping them map out uh, influencers and those influencers may may have an audience of just a few thousand. So the idea is that the the brand is working with the influencer to try and reach their audience. And the the real goal here is that reach. um, we'll often hear people talking about engagement because engagement is there to help us get a sense of whether the audience, the reach, you know, that they've got, the followers they've got are actually paying attention to what they're posting. So the engagement measure is a good way of uh, testing, up, testing out whether their follower base is real. And also a key thing with the engagement aspect of it is that the audits are then amplifying the influencer's content to their own networks, their own friends, and, um, and maybe they, you know, they may, may have a sort of a decent audience of their own but really a lot of the time when brands are focusing on audience as the main reason to work with the influencer it's often seen as kind of an alternative to paid advertising and that's where that influence advertising category uh, described before or it's really just an evolution of affiliate marketing is actually the name of the game. So the other area where brands engage with influencers is because of the credibility of the influencer. So the influencer is seen as an independent expert or as an authority on the topic and th- the brand or the organization wants to engage with that influencer because the influencer talking about them, engaging with them helps to boost the credibility of the brand, It helps to improve their reputation so it could be that um, you know we've, we work with a number of tech companies and a number of them are really keen to be seen as a leading business on the topic of the Internet of Things, IOT and that could include topics like smart cars, um, the connected home, um, smart cities, all those sort of topics. And as part of them wanting to raise the reputation, they need to make sure that the, the leading experts on those topics talk about their brand and talk about the work they're doing because that helps to, 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 to validate them as a, as a leading voice on the topics that they care about. So it helps to enhance the reputation of the brand. It can also be partly to kind of mitigate brand damage. So if a brand has actually been criticised for something um, and they're trying desperately to kind of turn around the reputation trying to to mitigate the negative coverage, having independent um, authoritative voices say positive things about them or to at least stop saying negative things about them can help to, to repair brand damage. So in this particular area, the paid sort of engagement really doesn't work because some of these influencers, as soon as they are seen to be in the pocket of a brand, seen to be, you know, taking money from a brand to say something, they kind of lose their own credibility. So this is really where earned influencer engagement comes into play, and this is often more where you might see, for example, a PR or comms team um, leading the way in the engagement. But it isn't just about that; it can also be um, other functions in the business engaging with specialist groups. So the third category where a reason why brands engage with influencers is because of the content that the influencer is is creating. And so they may be looking at an influencer as particularly skilled, uh, they may be a you know, great video editor or they could be particularly funny and creating humorous content or they're actually really knowledgeable and that they write really well and they're able to, to, to maybe describe complex things in, in a very succ- succinct way. Or else they are maybe a good illustrator, they're good at taking um, theoretical concepts and producing infographics to explain a con- complicated topic. Um, it's important not to get confused between content and um, audience. So often, what we'll see is that maybe a celebrity who's producing what looks like cool content and people are sharing the content. But really, no one would pay any attention to that, that particular person if they weren't already famous for something else. And all the shares they're getting because they're just taking a picture of themselves on holiday or, or doing something, you know, m- in a sort of mildly amusing, is not because they are actually you know, experts at creating content, it's just they're famous and the content is really just a kind of a, a byproduct uh, that they then do to keep, keep their audience engaged. But on the other side, there are a number of influencers out there now who've got large followings, but that's been built off the back of consistently uh, you know, creating quality content and people have come to expect this influence is going to create creative or funny or informative content or challenging, controversial, whatever it is and that's how they've managed to build up their, their, their audience base. And brands are working with influencers I think more and more for this reason because it allows a marketing team, particularly a content marketing team to create a much wider range of content than they would be able to produce on their own um, and often sometimes produce it more in a more creative way. Um, and it also you know, sometimes maybe is just done as an alternative to, to hiring uh, an expensive agency. You can actually maybe get better bang for your buck, uh, but then more, more sort of value for your money if you start to work with um, influencers who can create creative content maybe just for a short-term campaign. And the fourth reason why I believe brands and organisations engage with influencers is because of the connections of the influencer. So this is an influencer who's um, maybe uh, got access to a number of business leaders or they are um, connected with a number of journalists or they're, you know, they're known in the academic circuit and they know who's who, they know what's what and they are able to, to come up with um, news ahead of their peers because they've got access to really good sources of information. So. Brands work with influencers for, I think, two reasons within this. One is that these influencers can help connect them to other influencers that they wouldn't be able to get access to directly. So this is one of the areas where, for example, I talked about um, B2G programs or political lobbying programs come into play, is that uh, you know, some of the clients we work with will want to say, uh, here's a, an influential business leader or a, a political decision maker and we're not going to have a conversation with them on social media but I want to see maybe who are they talking to, um, who, who are they connected to and then to find someone in the middle, an intermediary, who they can connect with who can maybe give them an introduction to one of these leaders. The other benefit of working with these connectors is that it helps you to have an inside track and to know what's going on ahead of rivals. And so that's, uh, I think, particularly true, for example, of journalists. So there are lots of journalists out there who've got a large audience, you know, they're they're seen as credible, but really their main value, the main asset to a brand is that they are well connected and they can help the brand get, uh, you know, um, get ahead of the curve by following what they're talking about. Now, having said all of that, you, uh, those of you listening, will maybe um, be more familiar with some of those reasons than others. Um, I'm going to want to stick my head and my neck out here a little bit and say that I think that influence market is going to change quite a bit in 2018. Uh, I think a lot of the focus of paid influencer engagement has really been about trying to access the audience of influencers because um, you know, the public are getting a bit saturated with regular forms of advertising and influencer marketing is a kind of a fresh alternative to try and engage some of these audience. I, I'm going to explain why in a moment I think that's going to change and actually the real value that influencers bring, um, especially in a paid context, is going to switch more to the content, the quality of the content that they can produce for brands. And uh, because of some of the changes, I think that organic engagement with influencers is going to become increasingly important, uh, although I think it already is the main form of influencer engagement in B2B. So. These are the three reasons I think that um, paid uh, influencer engagement to reach an audience is going to tail off in 2018. I think it's still going to be massive, but the dynamic's going to change. And the three reasons are, first of all, there's going to be tougher, well, there already is starting to be tougher regulation, um, especially in the UK and in the US and uh, some other markets as well. Um, There's getting some audience fatigue. Um, The public started to wise up to paid influencer endorsements and getting a bit fed up with it in some places and um, need to see that change. And also the social networks themselves are starting to change in their attitude towards paid influencer activity. Uh, particularly if you think about it you know, for Instagram, um, if you know a brand wants to access an audience on in Instagram, they've got two options. One is to pay Instagram to have an ad to promote their branded content to people on Instagram, or they can pay the money to an influencer who's got an audience and then reach the influencer's audience. Uh, obviously with that second approach, the uh, Instagram is not making any money and so they're probably looking at that, uh, some of those, those dollars and those pounds going to the influencers thinking hmm, hold on a second, we'd like a piece of that action, thank you. Um, so I think there are going to be some changes um, coming that will make that happen. So first of all, just in terms of the regulation, um, this is actually just from last month. The FTC, which is, the, as you can see on the slide, the Federal Trade Commission in the US, um, they actually had their first um, complaint against an individual social media influencer um, for a, a gaming promotion, and um, they've now issued some more guidelines to, to brands and influencers about you know, exactly what they do. And there's actually, a, you can see at the top of it there. They've, they've issued a guide on do's and don'ts in terms of how to, um, you know, be clear about whether a, a post is being paid for. Um, uh, if you want to know more about that um, just email me after so I can send you details and um, but also here in the UK the advertising standards authority um, the equivalent of the FTC is is getting uh, stronger so this is just an article from last week from an interview with the CEO of the ASA saying that you know social media stars are breaching the rules they're to the rules so they're, they're saying they're going to get tougher on that and they've started to um, to to, to Force influencers to change um, some of the wording on their posts and to take down posts, and so we're going to see more of that happening. The regulators are going to get tougher on influencers and brands trying to kind of, you know, pay uh, influencers to say stuff and, and hide the fact that it's an ad or a sponsored engagement. So that's going to change. And also, I think influ- uh, public are going to, you know, get a bit more. Uh, annoyed I think sometimes with this influencer um, activity. For example I've seen apparently there's an increase in sponsored weddings. Um, So this is an influencer in Singapore. Uh, she's got something like 120,000 followers on Instagram. She actually got a bunch of brands to sponsor her wedding. Um, and a number of the guests at her wedding then were quite annoyed when they found out during the wedding that actually it was all a big sponsored activity. So, you know, there's things like this thing that is happening, and you see more examples of it. The, the, the Fire Festival was one where people are getting a bit mistrustful, uh, distrustful rather, of. Um, of uh, brands, kind of uh, brands working with influencers in this way. Um, another big change, I think, is that, um, and this is going to be this kind of a, a double-edged sword here. So, Instagram has been trying um, in June um, uh, a new sort of paid post feature, where a paid partnership feature, where if an influencer does something with a brand, the the post is actually more clearly signposted as being a piece of paid uh, sponsorship and uh, that means that the the brand is going to get better insights in terms of the actual uh, reach of that post. So it's kind of good for the brand, they can get a clearer view of what what impact the the post had. Um, But I suspect, because Instagram is still going to roll out guidelines, I suspect they're going to try and regulate more of that happening on their platform so they don't fall foul of the regulators. Um, But I have a strong suspicion as well that Instagram is probably going to limit the organic reach of some of these paid influencer posts. And so that uh, brands are going to have to actually pay more to kind of push these paid posts out. And the the actual audience of the influence is going to matter less. And um, they have already trialing something similar with Facebook. So if you are an influencer and you tag a brand in your post, that notifies the brand. And then the brand has got the option to pay to boost your post. So again, uh, um, my suspicion is that um, Facebook and Instagram are going to uh, suppress potentially some of the organic reach of some of these influencer posts. Um, and kind of make it that the, the brand has to push the, uh, the post by paying for it. So again, double-edged sword, um, the the downside, I suppose, for the influencer is that their audience that they've carefully built up maybe doesn't actually matter so much um, because the brand's got to pay anyway for it to be seen. But on the other hand, if there's an influencer who's actually just really good at creating content, they just need to focus on creating good content and they don't need to worry about trying to game the system to make themselves look influential, they just need to post quality content because the brand will actually be the one handling the the reach um, and the exposure of that post. So hopefully that's going to result in a better experience for the the end customer and that they'll Get um, you know brands paying uh, to get the, the the reach, but then the influencer is the one focusing on just creating a good piece of content. So those those, those are my sort of summary as to why I think this whole dynamic is going to change and why um, brands need to focus, I think, more on organic engagement and on quality content. So just to kind of wrap this up a bit, um, this section up, um, and then give a kind of a framework at the end. So the first um, a- aspect is audience. So this is about engagement, reach, and relevancy of the of the influencer and then the other second p- piece of the, the pie chart here is on the credibility of the influencer so this is about the reputation, the leadership and the trust of the influencer so that that's what the brand needs to think about when working with an influencer for that and then content so this is looking at that the creativity, the quality and the originality of the content being created by the influencer and then finally we're looking at uh, the, uh, Sorry, I put the wrong word there. So that's, that's the connections. Uh, so this is the the access, the information, and the relationships of the influencer. So when looking at all of these different aspects, um, there are different reasons that the brand is going to engage with the influencer. So this is where you've got to think about: you know, why do you want to engage with the influencer? What's the benefit to your brand to engage with the influencer? And th- there's a four different models there, and there's a four different things that you need to look out for when assessing whether an influencer is right for your brand. But the other side of the equation that is important to look at, that I'm going to stress now, is what is it that you can offer the influencer? So obviously, you know, part of that is just paying the influencer money and that that still will happen. In 2018, it may be that um, you know more of that payment actually is going to go to the social networks rather than the influencer or rather that the payment to the influencer be for the content rather than for their audience um, so I think that dynamic is going to change but there are other ways in which um, brands can build meaningful relationships with influencers I just want to look at look at that now just to finish off the, the webinar so, um, so on the left those are just a summary of the the things that uh, an influencer can do for a brand Looking under the those sort of four headings, audience, credibility, content and connections. And then on the right, I want to look at what is it that your brand or organisation can do for the influencer. So first of all, looking at audience, so if you're working with, if you spot an influencer who maybe um, you know, they're a real advocate for your brand, they love your brand, they love what you're doing, but they don't have a huge audience or they're maybe just, you know, creating some cool content, you can help the influencer get access to an audience by distributing their content through your channels. So you may have a bunch of social media channels and and you can help amplify the influencers reach by sharing their content in your channels. And also with this I think new dynamic coming in uh, 2018, although you, you can kind of you know pay to promote um, influencer content for example by uh, sharing a Facebook post and paying to promote that shared post. But I think increasingly paid amplification is going to be an important part of the equation. So it may be that some of the paid engagement with influencers won't be so much paying to um, promote the post of an influencer who's got large following but working with an influencer who creates cool content paying to promote their content so they then as an influencer get access to new audiences and that's actually the benefit to the influencer because they want to grow their own organic audience um, and actually it's not a direct payment for the brand that they're after it's just being able to reach new new audiences that they care about. In terms of credibility also um, It can be a huge boost to the credibility of an influencer to be able to work in association with a brand. Um, Obviously, it depends on the brand and the topic at hand, but if you are uh, an up-and-coming blogger writing about, um, I don't know, cryptocurrency or something like that, and then all of a sudden um, a bunch of leading banks or cryptocurrency firms um, or other tech firms starts referencing you in their content or inviting you to co-create content with them, that can be a really great thing for your credibility as an influencer in that multiple brands are, are wanting to know what you think. The other big thing that brands can do to help boost the credibility of an influencer is to provide case studies. So for example if you are a, a marketing expert and you've got you know, a theory about uh, you know, how certain aspects of marketing should work and, uh, and you know, you're know you talking at a conference and there's uh, someone at a brand listening to you and they think, oh, that's a great idea. I'm gonna go and try and put what I've heard this influencer say, this expert say into practice. They go away and do it and it works. Tell the influencer that it actually worked and what they said was actually right and proved right and then provide a case study. That can be massively beneficial to the influencer that, you know, their, their credibility, what their, their theory that they've got actually worked in a real context with the brand. And um, so that feedback to the influencers just to you know, to let them know that you're actually listening to what they're saying and, and applying it and it working can be really beneficial for the influencer and can encourage them to work with you more closely in future to see uh, in how that works. So particularly important for example in the academic space. So there's lots of academics doing all sorts of stuff and it's really useful for them to know you know, what a brand is actually doing um, uh, in some of these areas. Another big area where brands can help influencers is in this area of content. So. The influencers are offering creativity and originality, knowledge and expertise. But um, what brands can bring to, to to the party is they can actually help the influencer by giving them access to additional production resources. So if you've got an influencer who's creating videos and it's all a bit quirky and a bit budget, you know, know, pay for them to actually have access to a proper professional film crew and then to go out and create some content. Or help them get to a location that they otherwise wouldn't be able to get to, to create their content. Um, Many organisations that we work with do fantastic research, have got loads of data, And actually, some of the influencers who are writing um, on topics that they're interested in would love to have access to some of that data, especially to be able to get access to it early or to get exclusive access. So this is where content co-creation can come in. Um, We do it ourselves, I think, quite effectively in um, inviting influencers to come and contribute to our content um, in advance of us publishing it. So then when we do publish it, it gets a much bigger reach because the influencers there are are already pre-wired to know what we're going to talk about and then share it and we we get... um, Know, many thousands of, of views of our content and shares. So, so think about how you can partner with influencers to help them create better content or help them to, you know, to access some of the data and information you've got. So the final point here is on connections. So these are influencers whose primary asset is who they know. Um, and so you as, a, as an organisation can help those influencers by creating events. So a number of our clients will organise events, will help them identify people to invite to these events and influencers love being able to come and meet other influencers on those topics, um, and and meet them and be able to have a platform to talk. It may be that they know the influencers through social media or some other platform, but have never met them in person. And you, as the brand, can be the facilitator for those those connections, and that they, they will they will um, you know, really appreciate that. Uh, the other important thing, especially if you are a bigger organisation, or you. Um, Uh, have got real subject matter experts in your business is to give access to some of your senior personnel for the influencers so social media really should be about people to people communications Uh, even in the B2B space if you've got a B2B influencer don't just try and engage with them at at a brand level try and build connections with influencers at a a peer to peer level so that, that interaction may happen on social media so it might mean that you've got some of your senior managers or subject matter experts talking with an influencer directly on Twitter or LinkedIn or some other platform or it could be that actually the interaction happens offline, it could be that they, they meet each other at one of these events that you organise. Uh, but it's important for the influencer to actually know individuals in your organisation so they can have a better connection and access um, and it gives them something that, that that separates them from their peers and, and that they know people um, in brands like yours. So th- um, I hope this that's that's kind of the last, that's the end of my, my talk. Um, I hope this has been helpful just to give a bit of a framework to think about um, you know why you're actually going to you know, engage with an influencer but also then to think about what is it that you as an organization can bring to the table to engage with influencers and um, maybe uh, we'll uh, see how, how my predictions pan out for what I think is going to happen in 2018. Um, happy to take questions now through the uh, question panel um, or you can also um, just uh, tweet as we're at Analytica and you can also find me, I'm at Alwheats, so um, Feel free to, to contact us afterwards if you have questions then or, or if you know our email you can, you can do that too So I'm just going to check my uh, question panel uh, if i got any questions Don't be shy Okay So one question um, is about whether or not brands need to declare these other types of engagements. So, right, so if, if a brand is paying um, an influencer uh, to post a piece of content, then it needs to be declared as, as a you know, hashtag ad or sponsored post. If you are organizing an event, um, and influencers are just coming to the event of their own volition, they're not being paid and you're not telling them to say anything, um, they are then free to say what they like about you and obviously that means that they can say something good or bad um, but they, they don't, li- li- from a legal point of view, need to declare it as an ad or post because they're not receiving a financial payment from the brand. Um, now, in terms of content creation, if you as a brand are financing part of the content creation um, Um, So even if you're not necessarily paying the influencer but you're paying for the creation of the content, the influencer uh, does still need to declare that that is um, done as part of a uh, a brand association. if it's something to do with uh, like the credibility aspects, so like if it's a, you're building a relationship with an influencer and you're referencing their work, and uh, you're saying that you know the influencer's doing some cool stuff, or you're sharing their content, um, or you're giving them access to case studies where you're saying that you know that what they've done has helped you, and then the influencer decides to to to, to, to kind of return the favour and say that they they like what you're doing as a brand, that that's, that doesn't need to be declared um, as a kind of paid engagement. And so again, that that's the influencer. Um, uh, just you know of their own volition um, describing um, you know, something that they think is good and it happens to be that you know you've given them some information but you know, it's, it's not a kind of a, a paid um, engagement as such um, now, I have actually just run over a bit, and so um, my 30 minutes are up, so uh, that t- I did take a bit longer to go through my slides than I thought, but uh, apologies if you do have any outstanding questions, um, but do feel free just to get in touch with us, we're, we're easy to reach. Um, so uh, that's it for today, uh, I hope that's been helpful, um, and uh, do you know, feel free just to put put a bit of feedback in the ratings as well. Um, thank you very much, take care, bye-bye.